0: Hi, I'm Bec Rayner, and this is the Military Wife Life podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, and embraces the spouses behind the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking, wherever, whenever, and Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome Sarah to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. So you and your husband have been together for almost five years now. Can you tell us how you met and how you began? Yeah, so basically,
1: I'd just come out of a fairly nasty divorce, and I was living with some girlfriends at the time, one of which I actually worked with, and I was actually introduced to Tinder from one of my housemates, and it just so happened that Nathan and I swiped right on each other. I actually put a lot of time and effort into trying to find somebody who I thought I'd be compatible with, whereas I found out a couple of weeks after meeting him, he was playing a game where it was three to one, swipe left, right. And then just whoever you land on is who you get to meet. So that's pretty much how we began. So he just cast the net and you were one of the pretty bit- much. I was the, the lucky one that he landed on swiping rights. So that's how we
0: began. So when you first met and went out together, was he already in defence? Was he joining? What was his situation?
1: So Nathan had been in for seven years prior to us meeting. It was nothing that I'd really known of prior. I had friends and family who were in defence, but it was a completely different world to me.
0: When you first met and obviously he'd been in for a little bit of time, did he sort of talk to you, you know, when you had decided that you'd go forward with a relationship, did he talk to you about what being a military couple would be like or what some of the you know ups and downs of defence life like? Did you get any pre-warning? To be honest, there wasn't really any conversations
1: of that degree. It was a lot of, uh, I do travel a lot, which at the time I kind of went, oh, I'm used to it. My ex-partner was gone anywhere up to 10 months of the year. So being with somebody who travelled a lot wasn't really a new experience for me. That was pretty much the extent of the conversation that we did have in regards to being in defence other than I do obviously post every 3 years so whilst I'm in this location now 3 years time I could be on the other side of the country and at the time I guess when we first met we weren't really looking at long term it did start off as a very casual relationship so it wasn't something that either of us kind of sat down and went hey is this something that is going to work for us in the long term obviously as we started spending a lot more time together it did start to come into the conversation at the time when I did actually meet Nathan he was about a month out of posting out of where he was and he was actually going to a base that was only an hour away so it was something that I guess for me I kind of went oh well you know it's not really that far it's not really going to affect the relationship too much with travel distance that sort of thing and I guess only now that we're what five years into our relationship that it's actually starting to come up more in conversation that it's something that we are both having to look at a lot more on even down to a daily basis, we're having to talk about it because we are going to have to obviously, with family and that sort of thing, look at what is going to happen to us for our future, whether he does post to the other side of the country.
0: Can you tell us what your partner's job is and whether he does go away a bit with his job? Like, what does it require of him?
1: Yep. So, Nathan's a truckie, so he's an OSV. So, with his job, they are a lot of the people in his section are away on the road a lot. One of of the things with Nate is he has had a lot of injuries in the time that we've been together, which has stopped him from being out on taskings as much as everyone else. So, I have been lucky in that regard. It's unlucky that he's had those injuries, but it has been lucky in the way that I've been able to have him home a lot more than most people do have their spouses. He loves the job when he does get to travel. It's just unfortunate at the moment he doesn't get to actually get out there and be on the road.
0: What is the near future likely to hold, you know, with postings and deployments? Or anything like that? When, when is he coming up for a posting and, and what's sort of going to be happening in the near future?
1: At the moment, we're currently on a compassionate posting. We began it back in April, I believe it was. We had the compassionate posting for medical reasons on my behalf. Our current compassionate posting ends in January, so everything's kind of up in the air for us at the moment. Whether he's going to get a permanent post into the location we're in at the moment or whether they will decide that he will go somewhere else we are definitely hoping to stay in the location that we are because it's obviously going to be more beneficial for myself and the family as a whole but it's one of those things that You never know until you get that piece of paper in your hands. You never know which way it's going to go. If he does end up getting posted to a different location, we have spoken of everything from going member unaccompanied to even possible discharge. With discharge as well, it is something that we have to consider on a medical side of things. That may be something that's taken out of our hands. We don't have a choice in it. But at this stage, we are... Praying that we get a further posting in our current location.
0: Yeah, because of course, having a compassionate posting doesn't mean you have any advantage as to staying in the location or that you can have a back to back compassionate posting. It doesn't really work that way.
1: No, I know there are people who have been lucky enough to gain back to back postings on compassionate grounds. With us, we are at a time in our posting where everything has started to resolve itself. So it's not necessarily we need another compassionate posting in locations, so we don't have to go down that track like we could very easily tomorrow be told hey we are sending you to a completely different state another thing that we have to take into account is because we are a blended family we have three children from previous relationships who are in this current posting position so that's another (laughs) spanner in the works that we have to think about but yeah so that's kind of where we're at at the moment with it all
0: how many kids do each of you have from past relationships
1: so i I came into a relationship with two children. I've got a 10-year-old son and a 7-year-old daughter. Nathan has a 7-year-old son, so it's good fun having two 7-year-olds. And then together, we also have a daughter who is 3 years old.
0: So what would have happened or what has happened in the past when Nathan has posted out with his son or has he not had to post away from the location during his son's 7 years?
1: With his son, he was born, we're currently located in Brisbane. His son was born in Brisbane and in the time When he was with his son's mother, they were obviously here. That relationship broke down. He was still in the location, so he was able to see his son regularly. When he got posted to another base about an hour away, he was still able to have custody and see him weekends and that sort of thing. So he's always been within the southeast Queensland corner where he's been nice and close to his son. So it hasn't really affected anything in that regards.
0: I guess, you know, if he was to post away and you guys were to even go MWDU, or whatever you decided he would also be experiencing separating from his son from his previous relationship for the first time and sort of dealing with all of that as well.
1: Yeah. And that's something that he definitely doesn't want to do. It's quite funny when you do get to know him and you talk to him. I actually had a conversation with him about a year after our daughter was born and he confessed to me that he always saw himself as being the eternal bachelor never having any kids and then he had his son and then we've got our daughter together as well and he said he never he can never picture himself being away from his kids he's such a great dad very hands-on so that's something that he doesn't want to leave and that's been a bit of a juggle also with the custody side of things trying to stay close to my stepson's mother so that he can see his son on a regular basis
0: and so when you came into the relationship with your kids obviously once it started getting serious. What were your thoughts going into the relationship, thinking, having the possibility of moving with him? Like, how does that work with your custody arrangements with your kids?
1: So in our situation, neither of us actually have a formal custody agreement through the courts. Both of what we have is something that we've come to a mutual agreement with the other parent and we just put it through the system That way. So I know myself as well, I made it quite clear to Nathan from the beginning, no matter how things progressed between the two of us, I could not leave my children either. I have a 50-50 custody arrangement with my ex-partner. So we're split straight down the middle of the week. I have the children from Saturdays till Tuesdays. And then we also work around uh, if either of us have appointments, work, that sort of thing. We just cover each other and have kids extra days wherever needed. So it was something that i did make quite clear to him i never wanted to leave my children nor could i take them away from their father because no matter what has happened between us he is a great dad to them and that was something that nathan's been very understanding of and that's why when we have had conversations about what do we do if nathan is to post away do we look at m w d u where i stay here with the children and then he just has the reunion visits when possible or do we look at moving us all, but that one itself is kind of, out of the equation for us, simply because we do also have to work with obviously other parties who wouldn't be too fond of us moving with the children and then them losing time with the kids themselves.
0: Yeah, of course. And so when you started getting serious, like, was that an extra weight on your shoulders to think, you know, if we do get serious and he gets a posting away, it's pretty much we will be apart.
1: Yeah, it was, it was something that I did think about a lot. And I'm not going to lie, at times it was quite terrifying. It was not just the, well, are we going to have a broken family spread out all over the place? It was also, you have other things go through your mind, like, okay, if he goes and I stay here, is our relationship going to change in itself? How's that going to affect the kids? Are we going to grow apart? Is it going to break the relationship? And a lot of it was for myself. How is it going to affect the children? I don't want to bring somebody into the relationship and have them grow close to him, which they have. They absolutely adore him. I know for my two kids that I brought into the relationship, but also with my stepson, I didn't want for him to have another person introduced into his life that he would get close with and brothers and sisters. And then we all be split apart again and have that brokenness, I guess you could say. So that was something that was absolutely terrifying. And it even still to this day plays on my mind a lot. How will the kids be affected by it all?
0: And then of course, when you had your daughter to you know the thing that's keeping you in the location is you know not separating your first two children from their parent but then by making that decision you're separating your daughter from her dad
1: from her father and it's definitely a massive tug of war between your heart and your head and there are days when it can get very overwhelming but I think one thing for us is Nathan and I do have a very strong relationship and we both at the end of the day have the same values and the goals for our kids and it's something that we've agreed to make work no matter what. And he knows as well, because he goes through the exact same thing with his son. He doesn't want to leave his son, nor does he want to take his son away from his mother. Because at the end of the day, the only person who is going to be hurt from that the most is his son. So he's very understanding of where I stand with what I want for my children. And I'm
0: the same with him. It feels like such a tricky situation where you're stuck no matter which way. It's like, which way? which way is going to hurt people less? Because if you were to pick up and go with Nathan and, you know, deal with the hurt that would cause with separating your two older kids from their dad, you're then separating Nathan's son from his sister. So it's like whichever way you look at it, there's someone that's going to be hurt. You almost have to look
1: at it as
0: which option is going to leave the
1: least amount of people behind.
0: And that option is you making the sacrifice to stay in the location to make everyone as happy as you can. But then you're at home dealing with it all.
1: Yeah. And yes, I'm here with all my kids but I'm away from my partner. And so it's, if I'm here as well, if we ever did have to go down the route of MWDU, I'd at least be able to stay in location, keep all the kids together. I'd still have my stepson over, so all the kids would be there, but dad and stepdad would not be in the equation. He wouldn't be here to have that time with them. So it's definitely choosing the lesser of two evils when it comes down to it. And that's why discharge has been something that we have definitely spoken about.
0: You know, going back, what was your actual introduction to defense life like like can you remember like the moment where you kind of thought oh okay being a defense couple is different to a normal couple like what was your introduction like
1: the very first memory that I can actually think of would have been when he was packing to go on one of the media exercises and it was phone calls can you get me this 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 and this from the shops and then seeing everything just green spew all over the lounge room of him trying to pack a bag and ending up having it everywhere throughout the house for this one little bag and then him leaving and I kind of went oh okay this is a bit different because with all that packing the everything getting ready all the talking nothing really explained what was going on from the work side of things so it was me just trying to have to piece bits and pieces together with the knowledge in the back of my head going you're not going to see him for six to eight weeks and there's a chance that he may not have any communication in that time. And mind you, this is five months into our relationship as well. So it was very, what is going on here? Um, So did
0: he give you any sort of introduction? Like, obviously he'd been in for seven years and, you know, he knows what's what he's been away before he's, he's done time and time again, but for you, it was all new. So what was, you know, how did you figure out how to be a defense spouse and you know, what information did you get? Did he help you along the way with that? Or did you have to seek that out yourself? (laughs) did try to help as much as possible. I love him to death, but he is the
1: worst person for communication and actually helping you to understand things. He cannot describe anything to save his life, but thank God he can cook and clean. That's definitely his saving grace. He, he would try and help me out as much as possible, but a lot of it I had to find out from his work colleagues. And also the big saving grace was the defense spouses that I met. They would help me out even little things when I'd call them and go, okay, he's told me that he's not well and he's going to the RAP. What is this RAP? Is it some sort of building? I don't know what it is. What does it stand for? I have no idea what all these acronyms are. And yeah, there are times when they would laugh at me, but then they'd happily jump in and go, this is what it is. This is what they do. Don't stress. This is the process. It'll all get done. So as much as he did try to help the way he communicates as to how I communicate, I need every single bit of information I can. And that was something that I wasn't able to get from him. So it was the defense spouses that I did meet. They're the ones who caught me up to speed on
0: everything. Invaluable. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Nine out of 10 defense spouses wish they found out about defense banks sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. So what is your field of work and how do you envision that working alongside Defence Life? Obviously, if you guys end up going MWDU and, you know, you're solo solo parenting and doing all of that, how do you envision your work balancing with all of Defence Life and all that that brings? So currently
1: I am a stay-at-home mum because I'm juggling three children from two other households and custody arrangements with which days we do have them, plus throw an intermix the medical issues that I do have, it does make it hard for me to find work. So for the time being, I am a stay-at-home mum. Previously, I have worked in everything from uh, retail to motorbikes to college enrollments. So I do have a very diverse background behind me. With the retail side of things, I think having that knowledge in the background will make it a lot easier for when I do return to the workforce. But in saying that, it is also going to depend on where we are living a lot of the places where the bases are they can be smaller towns so work can be harder to find at times I do see a lot of spouses out there that do struggle to find that work so it just basically depends on what's available at the time also working around when I have the children.
0: So your partner has also had, um, you mentioned some injuries and also some mental health concerns and DVA um, to contend with. Can you talk us through what's happening with those? When I first
1: met Nathan, he did have, I guess you could say, um, niggly back pain, which a lot of, unfortunately, those who are in defense do get over time. During our relationship, the pain did seem to progress. And it started to get, I noticed it started to get quite bad during my pregnancy with our daughter that we have together. So, about four and a half years ago now, he did seek medical advice for it and they sent him away for a lot of x rays, scans, you name it. And it came back that he actually had fractures in his back and a prolapsed disc. And they said it was actually work related from his previous unit, just from overuse, the amount of manual labor that they were doing, causing injury to his back. So he had everything from cortisone injections, physio. He was part of a rehab platoon on base who they were absolutely amazing, um, the support that he did have. However, it did eventually end up where he had to go for a major back surgery. And that was when our daughter was about nine months old. And it was very hard to see him go through that. And prior to the surgery, it was so bad that he couldn't even Walk halfway across our kitchen without his legs collapsing from under him. He wasn't able to hold our newborn daughter because the pressure of this little baby having to hold her was too much for his back. So that also put a lot of pressure on his mental health. And as much as he would talk to me about it, he wouldn't really open up to anyone else at work because he'd always had this she'll be right sort of mentality. And he didn't want other people to see that he was suffering. He didn't want to let down people at work. And I was lucky that I had a number of his colleagues that I was quite close with who I would start to open up to. They in turn would go to him and say, hey, look, what's going on? Speak to us. You know you can. It's a safe place. And they also helped him to speak up more at work. And we were able to get him the help that he was needed, the rehabilitation. And we even ended up going through open arms for mental health, both himself and myself, which that honestly, I cannot speak highly enough of. It was the most valuable service I've ever had in my life just to see the change in him. And when he was going through everything with the operation, I would say to him all the time, I just want my Nathan back because I could see how it was affecting him mentally. He would never smile. And that was a big thing that I was originally really attracted to him was his smile and when he would smile it was not a real smile. So reaching out to Open Arms, his rehab platoon, his colleagues who were not just our friends but they were our family, that all really helped us and I know for myself as well I reached out to Open Arms because seeing my partner go through what he did at such a vulnerable time for us with a newborn baby. I mean, we were still within the first three to four years of our relationship. So it was still, everything was still fairly new to us. We were still finding out new things about each other every day. So we reached out as individuals, but also as a couple as well. And we went through couples counseling just to help us both through everything. And eventually it really did start to help us. The kids saw us as being happier again. And it was just something that really benefited the whole family.
0: And so how did Nathan go from not wanting to even reach out for the the medical support that he needed to actually putting his hand up for support through open arms? Because that's a huge shift.
1: Yeah, it was probably over the space of about two to three months that he eventually went, yeah, okay, we need to do this. It came to a head. It was just before his surgery. He was at home one night and we were sitting down talking and he, even little things like trying to stack a dishwasher would end up with him having to lay down for the next three hours because he was in so much pain. And this particular night, it all just got too much for him. And he actually broke down at home and he was just, Sobbing and it was honestly the most scariest and heartbreaking thing I've ever seen in my life. Seeing this man who I'd always pictured as being so strong, just absolutely crumble and I was honestly terrified. I had reached out to one of his colleagues who was in his rehab platoon and I rang him and I said, look, I don't I don't know what to do with him. He is just an absolute mess. I don't think work completely understands how bad he is because he just won't open up to them. And this person that I reached out to, they said, look, I'm going to have a chat to a few people at work and we'll try and get through to him that he needs to do this, not just for him, but for his family because I can see how much it's affecting you not just him and so the next day they actually reached out to his chain of command and the padre who both pulled him aside and they said look you need to be open you're not going to get into any trouble at the end of the day we want to help you and they were extremely supportive and I will forever be grateful to those two gentlemen for what they managed to get through to him so Nathan was actually put on reduced hours so that he could give his body a break, which I think in turn allowed him to just relax, start thinking about things a lot more, see everything as, I guess you could say, the bigger picture. And we started talking a lot more about how it was affecting myself and the children because up to that point as well I'd been quite closed off because I didn't want to have to put extra worry onto him of how it was affecting us I was trying to be the strong person for him and when we started talking about how it was affecting myself and the children as well that's when he said yeah we need to do something about this and that was when we both agreed that we would make the phone call to open arms
0: Because, of course, by him sort of like avoiding it and not facing you know, how extensive his injuries were and then obviously the flow-on effects on his mental health. He's probably thinking, if I just don't show everyone how bad it is, I don't have the possibility of getting kicked out of defence. But yeah. in on the flip side, it's being made worse and you've got more possibility of not being able to do your job or continue in defence because those injuries are going so far down the track and the mental health side of things are being so far affected.
1: Yeah, and I know he was definitely worried about speaking about the mental health side of things, because there is a stigma. If you, if you speak about it, well, then it's going to go against your record and you're going to get kicked. And that's why we actually went through open arms because we were told look at the end of the day they're a separate organization yes there are things that they will report back obviously if it's safety for the serving member or those around them um, that sort of thing but otherwise it's a separate entity and whatever is spoken about that's spoken about through open arms it's not spoken about through defense Uh, so that was a big thing for him he felt a lot more comfortable going through open arms as opposed to going say to the medical center and saying hey I need to speak to someone can you refer me so I know that in itself was a big plus for him where he felt a lot more comfortable going through open arms.
0: And so how are his injuries and everything going now? Like, is there a plan in place and is he going to be able to continue to do his job or is there some concerns about whether he can continue in defence?
1: There are still some concerns. So we have, (laughs) again, back issues. We have found out that the disc above where he had his fusion, that has actually started to have problems. So it is Looking highly likely that down the track we will be in for another round of back surgery. He did actually just have a medical appointment to go for his upgrade. So we are hoping that that gets passed. And if that's the case, it means he's going to be back on the road. He can actually get out there and start doing what he loves again. So we're fingers crossed at this stage that he will be back to full duties.
0: Not to make light of it, but he cast his net. You ended up being the fish that he caught. And then five years down the track, you're like, far out. Does it feel like it's been like 100 years with all the things that you've been through in five years? It is absolutely crazy when we
1: actually stop and go, what have we done? The amount that we have managed to cram in to five years. And to be honest, this isn't even half of it what we've spoken about, but we've managed we managed to take three children, bring them into where they are now, where they absolutely adore each other and they speak of themselves as brothers and sisters. It's not mum's kids and Nathan's kid. It's my brothers and my sisters. We've added another one to the mix. We've been through numerous health issues between the both of us, numerous surgeries, and yet somehow we're still standing here at the end of the day going, yep, we got this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so did you or do you make use of any of the spouse support? Have you been to any events? Like what do you get involved in the spouse community? What's your situation with that?
1: With the spouse community, probably the the biggest extent of it, I'd say, would be some of the Facebook groups out there. There are a number of them. And I found that they've actually been quite good because even just asking questions and it's quite amazing to see some of the feedback that you do get I mean you get the good the bad the ugly but it's also good to see that hey you're not the only one going through this I know with our situation with everything from the the blended family the custody issues to you know the possible what's going to happen down the future with postings and children to the medical issues there are so many other couples out there who have been through the exact same thing that we're going through now so it's a great way to reach out and I guess assure yourself that, hey, you're not in this alone. It has been done before. And there's been times when I've had some of the, the spouses out there give me some absolutely amazing advice that has just helped us so much. I haven't put myself out there as much in the physical sense as going to catch ups with the DCO days. I know there's a community center on base where we're at. It is something that I have looked at so that I can try and build more relationships in the local area. And it is something that I want to try and do in the near future. But at this stage, the main support, other than the close friends that I do have around me, has been from a lot of the Facebook groups.
0: And so what have you learned along the way? Is there any one little tidbit that you can give to people or other people that maybe are just starting the journey? Like what is that one piece of advice or that mantra that you sort of keep in your head to, you know, keep you going With Defence Life?
1: For me, it's something that I've actually learnt very recently. It's you can't pour from an empty cup and to reach out. So you can't help those around you unless you look after yourself first and you need to ask for help when you need it. And those around you, especially defense spouses who understand what you're going through, they can be your biggest support and don't be afraid to ask. And like the worst they can say is, look, I'm busy today, but hey, let's get together tomorrow and hash it out, see what we can do.
0: And for sure, like other defense spouses also know if you're putting your hand up for help that you really need it because us defense spouses are usually pretty, resourceful and only ask for help when we're really desperate.
1: Yeah. I struggled a lot with that because I've always been been referred to as a fixer because I always want to be there for everybody else, help them out as much as possible. And I don't want to drop the walls that I'm hurting, I'm struggling. I want to be that strong person. So that was something that I did struggle with especially reaching out with even just telling my partner that hey I'm struggling I don't know what to do I'm terrified of what you're going through I'm terrified of what the family's going through that was something that I really struggled with.
0: Well thank you so much Sarah for coming on and telling us about your story and the ups and downs of a blended family and how you make that all work and you know all that comes with being a spouse three four five years in experiencing things for the first time and reaching out for help and and that it's okay to put your hand up and that support when you finally do get to a point where you feel you're able to
1: reach out the support's definitely there for you and it can do absolute wonders
0: for you well thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me